Hey, fanatical friends, it's Greg here, the fanatic, and this week we'll be talking about Obi-Wan, the new Doctor, Night Sky, and Strange New Worlds. And also, I want to plug an upcoming episode we're going to be having. It's going to be our Stranger Things Volume 1 and 2 recap, and we're going to have a special guest. So, enjoy today's podcast. Mr. Potter, you should be listening to the Fanatic Network podcast. Hello, my fanatical friends. It's been quite a while since we have spoken. It happens because this is more of a reactionary podcast. And, well, the thing that's been breaking the uh, boards and creating a buzz has been the Obi-Wan Limited Series. Let's face it. It stunk. It broke canon. And it just did not work. I mean, you had two face-offs of Obi-Wan and Vader. And from... The, the film New Hope, we, we know that they hadn't seen each other in years. And the, one of the fact is that one of the writers didn't know that, that Obi-Wan knew who Vader was and that they had previously met. I mean, it was that bad. Then you had Reva, who did not fit in at all. She just, there was the Inquisitors, there's Vader, there's Obi-Wan, then there's Reva. Her character was so unnecessary, it did not fit in. It was it was like she was dumped in to improve the ESG score for Disney. And we all know that the ESG score, it could be high, but actually their stock price has been cratering. It's down at 50%. Of course, um, the recent events of, um, what was it, Lightyear, the, the Toy Story spinoff movie, well, it didn't hit light speed either. Truthfully, it was a box office dud. And that several Middle Eastern countries will not be showing the movie for a certain, well, scene. Well, I, I truthfully have no interest in seeing this uh, property at all. None. I don't care about Lightyear or Goodyear or whatever it is. I, I haven't even seen Toy Story because I cared so little. It just seems so silly to me. And um, there's a lot of things happening at Pixar. They're, Disney's kind of wanting the Pixar staff to clam up when it comes to their social activism. It's hurting the business. Not what they put in the stories, of course. But, again go woke, go broke. They'll figure it out too too late. And besides, truthfully, if you know anything about Walt Disney, what they're doing currently flies in the face of his values. See, actually, um, Walt Disney was actually a member of an organization growing up called um, the Order of Demolay. And it's a very centric around family values, leadership, and the development of young men to become leaders of tomorrow. He actually provided um, Disney cartoons for their magazine in the early days called The Cauldron. True, it's true, check it out. And um, it really influenced what type of material they produced. Um, after his death, things got, well, they, they went off the rails. Um, if you check out our first podcast about a year ago, you will see what I mean about the the um, the black hole check it out it's our first podcast 
where we talk about the black hole Disney and how dark it was and that was one of their first forays into true science fiction and it it just came across as an awkward misstep truthfully so the um going back to our original topic obi-wan was a dud it it blew it sucked i mean the last last episode they said obi-wan says to leia it's our little secret because i'm going to tell you if you have not watched this he was supposed as we know he's secretly watching over luke but what's he doing he he's rescuing leia yeah but she's she's brightest the best most wonderful ever she's a brilliant little 10 year old who looks like she's five and as wise as a 30 year old i mean it's come on i mean they made made obi-wan the wise and great obi-wan look like a buffoon i mean then the the face off the first face off of vader was the most pathetic lightsaber duel the second one he beats vader and he could have killed them the way they had it written then there's the redemption arc or reba because after beating vader Kenobi senses a disturbance in the forest that Luke is in trouble and he's getting busted for not doing his job. Well, he's a, he's like there in ten minutes. It's like he it's like Domino's back in the eighties, thirty minutes or less. That's if they answer the phone. So you you can understand what my frustration is. It just it turned it turned the the first movie which was brilliant on its head it really degraded it just for cheap political points and, and to get eyeballs on screen they got mine but i mean for a lot of people i mean stars mean something special for me it means something special my mom and aunt actually went to high school with larry kasdan the, the writer of empire and jedi I, I saw that I probably saw both those movies at least more than once in the theater reminded that hey this is somebody we went to high school with who did this who came from a rural small forgettable town and what they've done with this it, it's just uh, to me it's a lot of it's largely un, it's unforgivable I mean yeah it's some some of it might have entertaining moments, some cool scenes, but really they're they're just they're just milking it. They're milking it without a strategy. There was there's no strategy, there's never been one. As I said before, the story is the strategy. Point blank. End of story. The strategy is the story. There's not a coherent story there isn't a strategy all that's left is a mess i'm sorry we're going to continue on with the rest of the podcast we have a surprise guest when we talk about stranger things so stay and we'll be right back we have the fanatic network of spade no expense okay i have finished a couple weeks ago a show on Amazon Prime called Night Sky. It has Jay, uh, Jay, 
Kay Simmons and Sissy Spacek. Um, I don't The Tongue Twisters. Well, this is a show about an older couple that has lost their son. And they have a secret. Beneath their shed is a portal to another world where they have been over 800 times to look out the window of this alien planet. Well, Sissy is not doing well. She's, she's hurting. She had a fall. And she is thinking about committing suicide by going out into, onto the planet. When she does that, she finds a man in their viewing area. His name, we find out, is Jude. He is um, rather mysterious, and he speaks English and Spanish. And it's a, it's a very strange. It's a very strange story, trying to figure out who he is. He becomes their caretaker. There's a little bit of conflict between him and their interracial granddaughter. And it's, I mean, it's a very, very slow-burning show. It's not bad. And I wish it could be heavier on the sci-fi um, elements of it. But in the end, what happens is Franklin Simmons' character actually goes out into the planet to find where their neighbor went who is sort of nosy. I know I probably got this out of order, but he has homemade spacesuits that they have used. But the kicker is they find out there's an Earth-like atmosphere on this planet. So it's a very interesting story. Hopefully there's more to come. I know there's not a lot out there because I know you don't want to watch uh, Miss Marvel with Kamala Khan because nobody does, truthfully. I'm not interested in I don't think you are. This is a little bit more mature. It's a little more a little more along the lines of a soap opera. But, I mean, it could, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. You, you could be watching Picard, for God's sakes, which was horrible. So, I, I'd say it's a, about a B-minus, truthfully, borderline C type of program. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I hope you will, too. It was wonderful to see these two actors acting in something different, and uh, hopefully there will be more to come. Phonetic Network Podcast. You are listening to the Phonetic Network Podcast. Well, we have a new doctor. This is a little bit of an older story. This is a, a fellow named Shudi Gatwa, who is going to be the first black Scottish doctor. It's nice to see the, the uh, role um, returning to a male, at least. But I'm not sure it's going to fix the problems. There's been too much damage done by Chibnall, the BBC, and Jodie Whittaker. Jodie had no idea how to play the Doctor other than to uh, mimic David Tennant and Matt Smith. Truthfully. She had no charisma at all. And the best way to describe her relationship with the fans is probably toxic. I don't remember her appearing at one Comic-Con. I, I know I have seen Peter Capaldi at a, a Comic-Con doing questions and answers and telling stories. I know for a fact that Jody has not been to a Comic-Con where I'm at here in Metro Dallas. I don't think there's any interest in her because a lot of young women would dress up as the doctor, the TARDIS, wear TARDIS dresses and stuff like that. 
I don't think I don't think they'll do that with uh, Jody. I don't know if that's going to happen with um, Mr. Gatwa. I, I hope at least he can slow the bleeding. I don't think it's going to stop. I'm willing to give him a chance. Maybe he can make it fun again. Hopefully they'll leave the extremist politics out of it. That have created a situation where the show was incredibly unwatchable and unentertaining. And it just resulted in some god-awful lecture. I'm sorry. Um, hopefully there'll be more science fiction stories and not where they plug the doctor clumsily into Rosa Parks' story. Uh, I haven't watched The Flux or the anything as of after the, the Children of Time because it was horrific garbage. But I don't think anybody has the stomach or the chutzpah to do what needs to be done. I used to joke that this industry needed a vice president of common sense. I was being silly. But now it's clear that it's dead serious. These people have no common sense at all. They rather fly in the face of common sense and show how brave, strong, and inclusive, and unprofitable they are. Because remember, the BBC isn't totally producing Doctor Who. They gave it to Bad Wolf, which was Russell T. Davies, who turned it over and sold his company to Sony. Yeah, B probably has a lot of say, but not totally on everything. Because when they brought Doctor Who back, it became a international juggernaut that I don't think the BBC totally understood. That a science fiction show about the Doctor is supposed to be fun. The Doctor's whimsical, magical, and dangerous. He is an alien, after all, who looks human, who has two hearts. They lost sight of that. Maybe they can bring him back a little bit for shooting. I don't know. I'll give him a shot. I'd say he lasts two seasons, then he's out. Then they bring somebody else in with another form of agenda. And they finally, near the end, they, they may realize the agendas is what killed the program. So, hang in there, fanatical friends. There's more yet to come. We'll be right back. This next one is kind of different. I, I bagged on Star Trek uh, several times over the different podcasts that we have produced. And actually, this has been a surprise. Strange New Worlds is actually watchable. It's not great. It's not perfect. They're hoping to bring in Kirk or their version of Kirk at some point. And this is going to be a reboot of the original series. Because um, some some people are too lazy to want to watch the old series. Because it's old. But, I mean, it's perfectly enjoyable. The story... There, I mean, there are some weak stories. Not, uh, not every season's going to have extremely strong storylines but one of the things is we've learned they're, they're bringing back Spock's half-brother Cybok I believe he was in the undiscovered country I mean he is a rogue a criminal because he embraces emotion which we know from Vulcan society is a big no-no so we have to see where where things are going Part of the problem with the show is that everybody has a traumatic backstory. Truthfully, that is a sign of bad writing and really poor imagination and 
you could say you could say it's very millennial because the lack of understanding of of different types of people. I mean, how many times have you seen a millennial that that is the world they've decided to surround themselves with, or they're stuck in their phones? I mean, they may not know of certain popular culture things. Um, for example, uh, the Abbott Costello skit, Who's on First? The Fish Fight from Monty Python. I think that can be contributed to some of the problems in the writing. And also, the, some of the people they've gotten to write in the past, they may not have been actually science fiction fans and not actually understood how the, the property they were working on works. I mean, some of these sci-fi programs have been around for an extremely long time. I mean, that, for example, is the case here with Star Trek. Hopefully, it will stay at this sort of acceptable level. I, I don't know. We shall see. Hopefully, Kirkman and Akiva Goldsmith will, will keep their hands off of it as much as possible. I don't know. Right now, it just seems like um, too much of popular culture is uh, is been politicized and being driven by ESG scores, and not whether or not it's entertaining and profitable. That's that's the thing. Um, a lot of these shows are written, or have been written for the writers and not for the audience. That's what the the writer wanted and wanted to see and experience. And that's not what I want because uh, let's face it, the the writer could be some out of touch weirdo. Let's, you know, there's a lot of out of touch weirdos out there, so it could be for them and not for us. Right now, this is acceptable. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be perfect. There's some really dumb writing. For example, um, the first servant in one of the recent episodes was a little boy, and nobody asked. What is the first servant? To find out that the, the boys can be plugged into this giant machine that has a neural network and nobody bothered to ask what the, you know, what the WTF. So it, that's a sign of really bad writing and cheap drama. I mean, it was fun. It was interesting, but you can't build a series off of something that bad. You can't do it. You won't last. You'll burn out. But for right now, I'm going to say Strange New Worlds is a C plus. Maybe it'll get into B territory. I don't know. As long as they stay out of some of the stupid political tropes of Picard, where Picard has to apologize for everything, and... Michael Burnham is the bestest thing ever in the universe because of reasons. It might be watchable, but time will tell. We'll see you in the next segment. Thank you. Let me solve this mystery for you. You are listening to the Fanatic Network Podcast. The Fanatic Network Podcast is written and directed by me, Greg the Fanatic. Executive producer, Jen, the original Red Queen. Theme music is provided by Transistor FM. You can visit us on Instagram at Fanatic Network, Facebook as well. Our webpage is LoneStarSciFi.com. 
And if you'd like to yell at me via email, you can do so by sending me a message at fanatic at lonestarsci-fi.com.